0: when Pope Francis instituted this particular Sunday each year as the Sunday to celebrate the Word of God. You might recall that my motto as a bishop, chosen when I came here, is that in the beginning was the Word. And if you've ever paused and read the text that accompanies my portrait at the back of all of our churches, um, I'm not conceited enough to imagine that many of you have, but if you've paused to look at those uh, portraity things, there's an explanation there of the motto that in the first place, of course, Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus is what God has said to us, (laughs) really, the expression of God in our human terms. And so, in the beginning was the word, yes, our, our life together grows from Jesus, starts from Jesus. The second thing about the motto that I chose was that I wished also to emphasize the importance of the Word of God in its written form in our, in our scriptures, because we can all be inclined at times to want to make up our own religion, you know, to, to, to cut a few things off what we believe, maybe to add a few things in. And it's, it's that Word of God in the Bible that challenges us to hear what God is saying to us not to be too caught up in what we think God should be saying to us. (laughs) So, and the third thing, you read those jolly things in the porches, the third thing is simply that it is the first duty of a bishop to preach the word. So, in the beginning was the word. And at the beginning of the church's year, Pope Francis has now placed this occasion, the Sunday of the Word of God. Doing so, I think, probably uh, reflects that sense that a lot of people have that the the Word of God is not held in such great esteem. The Bible, the Scriptures, not held in such great esteem in Catholic circles as perhaps with some of our Protestant friends who are you know, the, the Bible is the foundation of their whole faith. Uh, there's, there's an element of truth in that, and if it's true, I'm glad we have this Bible Sunday to, um, to raise it to, before our minds year by year. But I'm also, there, there is also the element of myth about Catholics don't know anything about the Bible, I hear that from Catholics of my own age. Oh, you know, when, when we were kids, you weren't allowed to look at the Bible and all that sort of thing. They're talking about a church I never knew, I've got to tell you. From the day I started third class, got out of infants, you know, and into primary school proper, we all had a Bible. It was, it was compulsory. One of the foundational things of my life, a couple of years later, was in year six, I remember very clearly sitting around in a class group, not, not, not sort of in classroom formation, I, I see us out in the sun on the grass for some reason, but sitting around Father Egan as he read through the Acts of the Apostles with us. And much of what I know about the Acts of the Apostles from this day to this day comes from Father Egan back way back then. Later on, we traded in our Ronnie Knox version of the Bible for the much cheaper and more readily available Good News version once that was around. But it was always there. I, I, I just can't quite, you know, there are so many legends about what was wrong with the church back when. People throw throw them around, some true, some not. But this one, at least in my experience, we had preaching week after week after all, as well as that kind of connection. Anyway, moving on, as I went into the seminary and I studied for the priesthood, and there are certain reminders of that here this morning among us, the Um, I got more and more into reading the scripture, and God is good. In In those early parts of your developing faith life, I think God can give you special graces. And he did to me because I discovered that whatever problem you had, what you had to do was stick your hand in the Bible somewhere Flick it open and see what it said, and magically, there was what you needed for your spirit that day. As I say, God is good when you're a beginner. That hasn't lasted throughout life. But I still do find, you reading the scriptures, and even after all these years, you read something you've read so many times before, and the spirit of God reveals something new to you. As a priest in parishes, certainly as a parish priest, I always ran little Bible study groups. and It was great to see people get caught up in this stuff. Um, I ran Bible study groups in what I call the Catholic manner. (laughs) We didn't pick and choose a theme, you know. Um... uh, charity to neighbours or something and then take snippets from here, there and everywhere and get the bits we wanted my way of doing it was to read the whole letter to the Corinthians, let us say the first letter or, or to read Mark's Gospel or to read the book of Genesis or whatever, but take it right through so you got from God's word not only the bits you liked but the bits that challenged that confronted you that you had to think about. This is God's Word calling me to something that's that's lacking because I, I, I'm i I'm, I'm struggling to see God's point of view here. <laughs> that kind of challenge that can come to us from the Scriptures. In any case, look, I've just taken you for a walk down memory lane. And what's what's the point of that, you might say? Well, I do wish to treat this Sunday of the Word of God as really an occasion to think about the Word of God in our lives. And I've just shared a bit of that with you from from my life. And um, the Gospel today, of course, talked to us, spoke of Peter and Andrew and James and John uh, being called by Jesus. Now, they were, of course, had had they been in some other place or had Jesus been in some other place that day, this wouldn't have happened. They had to be there, in a sense, when he came, when he was walking along the lake shore in Galilee there. And he called them and they responded. And I think in similar way, we have to be there when God calls to us. And part of that at times, one of the ways that, that happens, is that we have to be really present when the scriptures are being read to us or when we're reading them for ourselves. And with the thing that strikes us is God's call to us. And they got up straight away and followed him. And that was a good beginning for them. They had a long way to go from there, but they had answered that call. Speaking of beginnings, we have your first communion today. Because I'm old and it's terrible, I've just, I've just, your name won't come into my head. Tell me again, please. Olivia, thank you. I had that so well in there a moment ago. Olivia, you're receiving Holy Communion for the first time this morning. And that is about coming to Jesus, just like the apostles there got up and followed him. But of course, there's much more to having Jesus with you um, than just receiving in Holy Communion. Knowing that we have received Jesus in Holy Communion, then the thing is to spend time with him, you know? To learn, to listen. To Jesus, who speaks to us, and maybe to look at the Word of God too, for that matter, and to learn to follow, you know, and to learn how Jesus within us gives us a sort of strength for following Him. All of a good many of these things lie ahead for you. Really learning when He says, "Come, follow Me," how we do that. But you're receiving Him into your life in this very special way this morning. And may that presence of Jesus in your life always be a great strength and a great joy to you. Okay? Let's press on.